Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 39, week 39, volume 39, number 39. Hey, going, guys? How's your week been? Thank you for tuning in. So this week, as with every week, we've got Mosh news, we've got some Mosh reviews, and our Mosh interview this week is with Kaya of English band Blood Youth. All of that is coming up in the show. So let's kick things off like we do every week, and that is with the Mosh News. Not a lot's been going on this week, but we did have a massive tour announced for Australia, and it's taking place next year. It's called the Ultimate Triple Bill Kill, and it is featuring a triple Swedish lineup. We've got At The Gates, we've got The Haunted and Witchery. They will be touring Australia in April next year. It's kicking off Thursday the 25th of April in Brisbane, then Friday the 26th of April in Sydney, and then Saturday the 27th of April in Melbourne. Tickets are on sale Monday the 15th of October, and they are available through hardlinemedia.net. So this is a melodic death metal ultimate lineup and it's one that if you like any of those bands you should not miss out on really stacked show very exciting show and it's the kind of lineup that a lot of people are asking why don't they get it overseas well overseas you get a lot of big festivals we don't get those you get to see these bands on the regular we don't really excited that this is coming to australia and if you like it get a fucking ticket because it will sell out especially some of these venues the trifford manning bar and max watts Don't hold a lot of people, so it will sell out quick. As I said, the tour takes place in April, featuring At The Gates, The Haunted and Witchery, and tickets go on sale Monday the 15th of October. Tasmanian death metal boys Psychroptic have unleashed another music video from their forthcoming album. The song they released is called Directive, and the album that's coming out on November 9th is called As The Kingdom Drowns. Now this song, Directive, oof, just what you want from Psychroptic, exactly what you expect. High intensity, lots of ferocity, and lots of blast beats. Really exciting song, and really excited for that album, as I said, coming out November 9th. So, song's called Directive, album's called As the Kingdom Drowns, and it's all done by Psychroptic. Hardcore band Knocked Loose released a new music video for their track, The Rain. The Rain comes off their much-acclaimed, much-loved album, Laugh Tracks. Hopefully, this is the sign that this album is basically at the finish of its cycle. Hopefully, we'll have some new stuff soon. So, that song is The Rain, and it is by Knocked Loose. Make sure you check that out. Beatdown slam death metal band Body Snatcher have unleashed a brand new song and new music video titled Consequence. Body Snatcher are one of those bands that over in the States are very much loved in this style and in this scene. It's quite entertaining. Music video is a bit plain. Song-wise, I don't know. Repeatability is not really there. It feels very just same-same. Heard it before. Lots of breakdowns, a lot of brutals everything you expect, but hopefully this is a sign that there is an album or an EP on the way. So, as I said, the song is called Consequence, and it is by Body Snatcher. 
Adelaide band 2319 have released a brand new song and music video. The song is called A Thousand Eyes and apparently it will come off a two-track single that is going to be titled Two More Reasons to Hate Us. So 2319 are one of these bands that are delving into this new metal, tinged metalcore, deathcore. And it's quite entertaining. It's got a really interesting video clip that's very well filmed by Colin Jeffs of Aversion's Crown and Tongues fame. Really good band. There's a lot of hype about this band and deservedly so. I really recommend you give these guys a check into. I recommend if you like this song, you go back and discover their previous EP. So the band's called 2319 and the song is called A Thousand Eyes and it's off an upcoming double single which is called Two More Reasons to Hate Us. Last bit of mosh news this week comes from Melbourne brutal band Hollow World. They've released a music video that is from their forthcoming re-release, re-recording of their debut EP. The debut EP is titled Beneath the Frozen Sky came out about five years ago and they've decided to give it a bit of fresh feeling. The song and music video is called The Rose of Rancid Petals and it is the definition of entertaining. If you're going to watch any music video by an Aussie band this year, make sure you check this out. Really entertaining. The five guys are out for dinner somewhere and a lot of hilarity ensues. Really recommend it. Really recommend you get into Hollow World if you haven't yet. So the song and music video is called The Rose of Rancid Petals and the EP, the re-release of the EP, is titled Beneath the Frozen Sky. So that's it for Mosh News, done and dusted for this week. So any of those music videos, any of the artwork for upcoming albums, any of those new songs, any of that tour information, any pre-order links, ticketing links, any of that that we've discussed in this segment, you can find on our website and social medias. Of course, the website is www.themoshzone.com. Social medias are all at The Mosh Zone. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Make sure you've subscribed to the website. Make sure you're liking and following those social medias so that you stay updated when we update you. It's now time for Mosh Reviews. So this week, we're starting things off with the new album by Sylar, which is titled Seasons. So this is the third album by Sylar. They've also had two EPs previously. They're a band that have a lot of potential and have had a lot of potential. Their sound has always been very cliche metalcore with a bit of a new metal feel and also a bit of hardcore tinged also. While they're not groundbreaking in sound, they did often seem like a band that could break out of the pack and start pushing boundaries. But unfortunately with this release, Seasons, they've just ended up lumping themselves in with all the rest. It's ended up being another average album by what's turning out to be an average band. They have basically removed all the bounce and groove, and they've removed all of the hardcore sensibilities that made them so exciting. This whole album 
is very much a poor man's Hollywood undead. Say what you want about that band, but this is a very poor attempt at sounding like them, and that's how it comes across. This album took a lot of effort and was really hard and felt mundane to try and listen to more than once, and I had to listen to it a minimum three times. Now, yes, there is the occasional fleeting moment of enjoyment, but overall it's very cringeworthy in its cliches. There's bad rapping, and all of that, the cliches and bad rapping, wipes out anything that is fleetingly exciting. Also a negative is that there's so much polish on this album. There's no edge, there's no roughness. It's just way too shimmy and shiny. For a band that's in this stage of their career, there's a lot of things that could have happened. They really could have branched out and done something interesting and gone really creative. Instead, what we've got is a very average metalcore album that's stacked full of rap rock songs. Unfortunately, there's no appeal and no real longevity in this album. In one word, disappointing. This is for fans of Hollywood Undead, We Came As Romans, Plot In You, Rap Rock. The album I am talking about is Seasons. It is by Sylar. It is out now, and we do give it a 3 out of 10. Next up for review this week is the new album by Atreyu titled In Our Wake, Out Now. So Atreyu formed in 1998 and this is the band's seventh full-length release. Atreyu have always been one of those bands that were deemed a pioneer or pivotal band of the metalcore heyday, if you will, in the early 2000s. They had lovers and haters, no matter what, you knew who Atreyu were. In around 2007, they released Lead Sails and Paper Anchors, and that's when Atreyu kind of started to change their sound. They started to incorporate less screaming, more rock sensibilities, more accessible sounds. That brings us to this release in our wake. Unfortunately, I wish they hadn't abandoned their metalcore roots it now comes across as a very underwhelming rock album there is nothing fresh going on here there's nothing exciting going on here it feels influenced by the later stages of Linkin Park and indie bands like Imagine Dragons gone is the band that really had passion and had determination in their sound, it now feels very lackluster. It now feels like a band who aren't really sure if they want to do this anymore, but they kind of feel like they need to release something. I don't think this album's going to bring the old fans back for more. This will create a real divide in the Atreyu listening fan base. You're going to have people that are open to radio rock bands like Breaking Benjamin and Asking Alexandra that are going to love this album. You're going to have people that don't like that and like what they used to do that aren't going to like this album. For me, I really liked Atreyu in their heyday. Unfortunately, with this album, I couldn't find anything I enjoyed. Really struggled through it. And it's all very radio rock fair. 
not really much else to say about it than that. Some people are saying, well, this is a progression in their sound. I don't think you can call selling out a progression in sound. I think it's going lazy. And saying all of this is really hard for me to say because I am a fan of their early work. Unfortunately, I don't recommend this unless you like Radio Rock. The album is for fans of Coldplay, Imagine Dragons, Late Stages of Linkin Park, Asking Alexandra. The album I am talking about is in our wake. It is by Atreyu. It is out now, and we do give it a 2 out of 10. Our last release for review this week is the new EP by Iron Reagan called Dark Days Ahead. So Iron Reagan are a thrash crossover band who are furious in delivery and furiously entertaining. This EP, interestingly enough, a lot of these songs were left on the cutting room floor after their previous album, Crossover Ministry. So... What you've got with this album is what some people would deem B-sides, but it very much stands on its own two feet. It is in-your-face thrash. It is entertaining. It's fast-paced, keeps you thinking, keeps you head-banging. The guitar work is insane. There's punk moments, hardcore moments, thrash moments. The singing is in-your-face, barking, biting, wanting your attention. Everything about this band is entertainment. Another exciting thing about Iron Reagan is their political views are not held back. If you know their previous music and you know the way their merchandise has been going over the years, you know what's in store on this album. And it's really entertaining. It really gets you thinking and it makes this music even better. The only negative about this is that it is only an EP. So you haven't quite got your full satisfaction by the end of it. That's a compliment. It's not really a negative. This EP is stacked full of fun thrash crossover times. There are so many good songs here. There's not a bad song on here. I really recommend this to anyone that likes their crossover or anyone that likes their thrash. This is for fans of thrash metal. This is for fans of crossover. This is for fans of Iron Reagan anthrax biohazard these style of bands the ep i am talking about is dark days ahead it is by iron reagan it is out now and we do give it an eight out of ten so that's it for our mosh reviews done and dusted in the can so what did you think of our reviews do you agree do you disagree get in touch let us No. Is there something coming out that you want us to review or is there something that's recently come out that we might have missed? Get in touch. Let us know. Are you in a band? Have you got an album or an EP on the way? Get in touch. Let us know. So, of course, if you want to get in touch, there's multiple ways you can. One way you can is through email. Our email address is themoshzone at gmail.com. There's, of course, the website, which is www.themoshzone.com. Or you can get in touch through our social medias. All of those are at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, 
Instagram, and Twitter. Get in touch. Let us know. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. So it's now that time of the week. It's now that time of the show. It is time for the Mosh interview. So this week, I got to sit down with an absolute gent, an absolute legend, Kaya of Blood Youth. I am a big, big fan of this band and I'm really excited to see the trajectory that the band has taken over the years and to be able to sit down with him and have a great yarn, not only about himself, his upbringing, his musical passions and career was really good, but also it was really good to talk about the future of this band. Really exciting chat and a really enjoyable chat. And I've got to say, Kaya, thank you so much for taking time out for me and the Mosh Zone. That chat with Kaya is coming up now. Do you remember what band it was that kind of introduced you to music? Um, I think I've always been kind of surrounded by music ever since I was younger. My, my father especially would show me so many different types of bands and the, the earliest I can remember listening to music is my dad playing me like Rod Stewart on vinyl uh, and, and things like that. So that was kind of my first, um, I guess, yeah, introduction to music. Me personally, when I first started like falling in love with bands and wanting to kind of chase what we're doing now was um, probably the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, um, nice. What album? Yeah. Um, I was introduced to them when they released By The Way. Okay, nice. But, and then, yeah, and then I kind of went further back and, you know, Californication and things like that. Californication was probably the first song I ever learned, um, just, you know, to sing along to. Um, so that was, I would say Red Hot Chili Peppers, they they released a a DVD called, uh, Live at Slain Castle. Ooh. And um, it's just like a full set of them. And I would just watch that constantly, just over and over and over again, just pretending to be Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> and, and, and then I just kind of, and then it just kind of developed into heavier bands. When I went, I went to high school and my friends were listening to loads of different bands. And I would say that the first proper gig that I went to was Bullet For My Valentine. Okay. Um, uh, a, a, a tiny little venue in Leeds, where, where, where we're all from. Um, so yeah, that, that was I would say yeah for the first band probably Red Hot Chili Peppers for sure. Now you, you mentioned there at the end, Bullet for My Valentine. So was that was that kind of your gateway band into the more aggressive side of music? Yeah, <clears throat> I think I, I would listen to kind of softer stuff and then. I went to see Bullet for My Valentine, and then Trivium released Ascendancy as well, mm-hmm. and that just kind of blew the doors open for me with like heavy music, and I just kind of fell in love with it all. And then, <clears throat> as I started doing that, I, I found uh, a band called Every Time I Die. Oh yeah, <laughs> and they they I completely just fell in love with that band. I I. I um, I just all I listened to was every time I die from from that age on, and then and then that kind of opened doors for hardcore music and heavier shows, and I ended up being at these like uh, tiny little hardcore shows in Leeds in my hometown, 
Um, but sure, and then, yeah, I would say Every Time I Die then had a huge impact on me and heavy music. So when you grew up in, you grew up, it's not, were you growing up in Leeds or was it more of a tiny town outside of Leeds? Yeah, well, we, uh, we grew up in a tiny town called Harrogate. Okay. And okay. That, that town, um, it's like the cleanest, safest town you can grow up in. It's just so good and happy and nice, but there's not really anything for heavy music. And me and my friends and Chris and Sam, you know, we're all, we're all from Harrogate and we all grew up there and we were all in different bands in Harrogate. We would, we would set up bands and we would play to like five people because no one really cared about heavy music there. So what was it like? What was it like during high school years in that kind of settings? If you're kind of an alternative heavy kid, were you kind of marginalised and uh, put on the outside, or is it kind of everyone didn't really know what to do with an alternative kid in their school? It was yeah, it was kind of a bit of both really, because we kind of we just used to congregate at little venues and put on shows, and you know everyone in that town did try their best to do something. But it just completely died. There was no heavy music calling that, you know. Um, so that, that's why we would go into the nearest city, which is Leeds, and we would go to all of these like heavier shows where bands like Bullets, My Valentine, Trivium, Every Time I Die, you know, would be playing. Uh, and we would just get the train after school and go to these heavy shows, and then we would have school in the morning the next day, and we would just be stinking of just cigarettes because we wouldn't have like. <laughs> We wouldn't have showered or anything or anything like that. So we just roll up to school and, you know, put our blazers on and uniform on. And we've just seen like loads of, you know, heavy bands. It was pretty cool. And what what age were you when you decided um, that this was what you wanted? I mean, you obviously had music in the household, as you said, with, you know, music mm. going on. But when did you go, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give this a crack. Oh, probably when I was about 14. I Ooh. think when I started going going to see these heavy bands, I I decided, like, oh, this is what I want to do. Like, I completely just, like, fell in love with everything about it. I, you know, when the lead singers are stood on stage and they're shouting for a circle pit and it just goes crazy, I was like, I want to be the guy doing that. Did you ever um, think about an instrument, or is it simply you wanted to be yeah, the guy well, at the front? Yeah, I, I first of all wanted to try and be a guitarist, and that was when I was really younger. I wanted to be a guitarist, and then, and then I kind of gave up on that because the guitar teacher I had in uh, my primary school here, he, he was just like, I, it would just be me watching him do guitar solos forever. <laughs> Like, I, I, he, he would just be sat in front of me doing guitar solos, and I would just be like, and I'd come back home, like, I haven't learned anything. <laughs> like, uh, so I kind of just gave up on that. And then I was like, well, I love drums. And I was like, oh, I, I'm going to try and be a drummer. And I remember I, I, I got my first kit and was practicing. And then my dad sat me down, and he was like, look, you don't want to be a drummer. You want to be up front. You want to be the singer. And I, so, so that was a, a real push forward. And my dad has always been like that throughout my life. He's always been kind of like when I was in school, I wanted to be a goalkeeper, but my dad was like, no, you got to be the striker. You got to score <laughs> the goals and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm forever grateful that he's always kind of 
kind of tried to push me in different ways and challenge myself in different ways, you know, not to just kind of, because there's nothing wrong with being a drummer. There's nothing wrong with being a goalkeeper, but I don't know. He, he was always just like, be at the front. Mm. Well, uh, it's, so I kind of, I took that on board and just kind of run with it. And with vocals, so when you, I mean, for anyone that's listening, mightn't realise, but the first band you were in was a band called Book of Job. And, yeah, yeah. Um, that went for quite a while, but before that band kind of started with vocals, did you, I mean, did you do the cliche in front of the mirror with the hairbrush? Were you screaming along to songs? I, I, I still do that today. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, before... Before Book of Job, I was um, I used to do lots of different types of singing, and this is where my I guess my mum kind of came into play. Where my mum used to show me a lot of Motown music and a lot of soul music and things like that, and that's actually how I kind of I started having singing lessons, and I would only kind of sing along to really old kind of soul stuff and Motown stuff and. And then obviously, this was when I was really younger, and then I started getting more involved in heavy music and kind of just started doing my own thing. Um, but I always just used to sing just for my family and my parents and things like that, and that's kind of how it started. And then I met one of my really close friends, and me and him just had the same obsession about Red Hot Chili Peppers. So me and him then just started playing Red Hot Chili Peppers songs, and it's so funny because we used to... We used to hire out, me and, and a couple other friends, we used to like, hire out village halls near the town we lived in. And we used to invite all of our friends. And we didn't know that bands only played for like half an hour. We thought every band played for two and a half hours like Red Hot Chili Peppers. So we used to do the full Red Hot Chili Peppers set for two hours in front of our friends. And they would just be asleep by the end of it. They would just be like... Well, what are you doing? And we were like, but this is what all bands do, you know. Um, and then me, me and him, we, we kind of just developed that band into a band called Book of Job. Now, with, and, uh, with your style, you mentioned that, you, you know, there's all that gospel and classic music there. But when it came to trying to scream, was it kind of a learning as you go? Or did you look into some training? Because were you losing your voice at first? Yeah, definitely. When I first started screaming and stuff, I had no idea what I was doing, but I was about 16 years old. I had like no idea. I, I would just try and copy. I would try and copy, copy Keith Buckley as much as I could and just see what he did and, you know, Matt Heafy and all this stuff and just kind of see what they did and look up online. And uh, I would lose my voice all the time. And we would... It's so funny because with that band, we would we would play like over 18 clubs in Leeds and we were only about 15, 16 years old. <laughs> so we would, we would pretty much lie about our age and then we would play the show and then we would get kicked out after we played the show. <laughs> Cause we would be on stage and they would be like, you guys are not over 18. Um, and then we would have school in the morning. Jeez. So that whole period of book of job was just wild because we would just, wild in the sense of we were so young and we were just getting the train into into the city playing shows and then getting kicked out of the venue after our set you guys also released an album in that period as well <clears throat> yeah we did we we were kind of um 
we 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 were about i think we we, we did an album when we were about 19 years old mm-hmm. uh as in all of us collectively we were about 19 years old and we just you know we, we were so influenced by bands like mastodon and tool and we were really like i would say like a progressive prog metal band mm. and um so we, you know, we wrote this like concept album, and it was a story from start to finish, just like Mastodon did with that album, it's like you know, Crack the Sky and things like that. Um, and you know, we recorded that, and honestly, when we were recording that, we thought we were going to be like Metallica. We thought we were like going to be the biggest band in the world. We were just so naive; we had no idea what we were doing. Um, you know, we, we went to Italy. We, we went to Italy to record the album for some reason. I still don't know really why we did that. Okay. Um, but we, we went to Italy and recorded the album. And, you know, we released it and nothing happened, if I'm truly honest. Like, nothing happened. And, you know, life hit us very hard. We were like, you're not rock stars. You're not this. And, um, and then that was kind of led to me... I got to about the age of 22 in to that band and mm-hmm. I gave up. I was like, I've been in this band since I was 16, 15, 16 years old. And I got to the age of 22 and, you know, the album we recorded did nothing. Um, and then I, you, I quit. Didn't you, didn't you then run away or kind of relocate yeah. yourself? Yeah. Yeah, I did. And I, I was 22 years old and I... Um, was just working in a coffee shop in Harrogate in our hometown and I quit the band and the band just fell apart and I just became very sour and very jealous person with music mm-hmm. and I became very much like oh my god I put so much work into this and I got nothing out of it like how could the universe do this to me sort of thing and for some reason I, I I felt my escape would to be just get on a plane and go somewhere and just act like that all that never happened. I was truly, I was truly heartbroken. I thought that I was going to be this sort of, you know, musician basically. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I, I kind of said, you know, I've never been to Barcelona really. I, I, I spent a little holiday there with an ex-girlfriend for a few days, but I never really discovered it. And I packed a bag and I just went over there and I didn't have a job going over there. I just slept on a friend's sofa there in his apartment. Um, and I just kind of explored and got various jobs. And yeah, it, it kind of just, I, I, yeah, I really just ran away from everything. So what, what, what about, because I know Blood Youth was kind of starting at around 2014 and they kind of, recruited you into the band so were mm. what, what what about the approach made you want to come back to england and join the band were you hesitant i mean what was the real draw card for you another chance yeah i guess i was living in barcelona and you know it's such a beautiful city and it's just incredible and i was kind of almost living in this sort of weird city paradise you know i was i was kind of a few walks away from the beach and i would spend my morning just sat on the beach with a coffee and sat there and people listening to this would be like where the hell did you come back but the truth (laughs) is i was miserable i was Mm. completely miserable and i was sat in the sunshine just so unhappy and um 
because I was working I was working in a cold calling job trying to sell people sports packages. Oh. And you know, get getting told to fuck off every two minutes. Um, and I was completely miserable and I had no idea what what was going on in my life. And I remember sitting around in the sunshine thinking anyone else would be having the time of their life right now. And I was just completely depressed, alone, you know, I didn't have any friends there that, you know, everyone else was just, I didn't really know them that well. Um, no one I could really talk to or anything like that. And, and then one day I was in this office job um, and I got a, an email from, from Chris, who's the guitarist of the band. And he said, look, um, this band that I was in, he was in a band called climates. Mm-hmm. And he said, look, this band is kind of fallen apart. We've broken up, but, uh, I want to carry on doing something and we're kind of recruiting. We're looking for a new singer. How would you feel about putting together like a little audition tape sort of thing? And I was kind of, hesitant because i was like well i haven't screamed or done any sort of vocal you know song in like two years um so i kind of rented out this practice room on the other side of barcelona i took like two trains to get there and um and by the way i didn't speak any spanish at all so that was tricky enough (laughs) so i i rented out this like practice room i got there set up a gopro and just filmed like a 30 second thing of me screaming um and I, I kind of sent that to them and they were like well i don't think they were that impressed by it because i wouldn't have been impressed by it i couldn't scream for shit at that point um and I, and then they were like look do you want to come back to the uk and kind of audition sort of thing and i was it was one of those moments in life where you say you either kind of go for it or you just carry on and be safe with what you're doing right now. Hmm. Uh, so I walked into the manager's job in this office and I said, I quit. And they went crazy. They were like yelling at me and I just grabbed all my stuff and I just walked out of the building. Ah. And I, I, yeah, I booked a flight and just flew back. Wow. Like literally, as you said, <laughs> it's one of those, you've got to make a decision and wow what a you took the risk you took the jump and yeah and and it kind of comes back in circle because i rang my parents and both my parents were like just do it just go for it just try it because why why the hell not sort of thing um and i and i did i did i kind of i came back and i i was just sleeping on my my mother's floor and i was also you know i was trying to prep myself for this like audition and I, and i went and met up with chris and i hadn't seen chris in a couple in a, in a while um and yeah I, I auditioned and i guess the rest is history <laughs> wow now with were, were all those guys living in the same area that you were originally in leeds um uh no well chris was living in harrogate um, and then a, a couple other members of Blood Youth, um, like Sam was living in Harrogate as well, but Sam wasn't in the band yet. Okay. Um, and Sam was in Leeds as well. And then uh, literally as soon as I got back, got into the band, uh, we all kind of got together and we were like, we have to put out an EP basically. And we kind of barely knew each other. Apart from Chris, I kind of didn't really know anyone that well. 
and we started writing literally as soon as I got into well actually sorry I kind of missed over a bit my proper audition to be in Blood Youth was uh, the final climates tour oh <laughs> that so the the last ever climates tour because they parted ways with their singer and the the guys in climates were like we're just gonna do one last tour and then kind of call it a day uh so this final tour was with a band called vanna oh yep, yep. and yeah and and they were like look this is your audition this tour and I was like, fuck. So I had to learn all these climate songs. These aren't my songs. It's someone else's songs. And I'd never been on tour before, ever. And so there was so much new stuff. And I think my first ever show, I can't even remember where it was. I think it might have been Austria. Um, and I'd never really been outside of the UK before, really. Um and uh yeah that was like my first show and my first show somebody took a swing at me on stage <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh wow yeah what a great first impression you've made yeah so i was i was like fuck i was like i've come back and someone's already tried to punch me during the first song um and yeah that tour was like my my audition and and then sorry when we came back from that tour that's when climates kind of dissolved and um, there was like a, a bit of a, a period where there was like nothing going on and there was a lot of planning and then, you know, the name Blood Youth was brought up and that's when it kind of all kicked off and we just started writing Inside My Head, which is our first EP. Yeah, and that, that EP um, is, that's when I discovered you guys when that came out. And going into mm. that, I mean... You, you were saying about what had happened in the past uh, with the other band. Did you feel a lot of pressure and expectation on yourself to try and deliver something? Um, were you nervous it wasn't going to deliver? Because it ended up, both of those EPs, um, Inside My Head and Closure, kind of really just sparked out of nowhere and became very popular. Um, yeah, What was it like 100%. for you? What was it like for you with all that past? Yeah, I was shitting it. I was so nervous because I was, I was like, I've this. I'd never really been in this sort of band before. I'd only ever been in a band that was like mastered on progressive metal sort mm. of thing, and I, I, I'd never been the sort of, you know, quotes hardcore vocalist. Mm. Um, so everything was kind of new to me, and I. I kind of had to, I didn't really have any lyrics. I, I, I didn't know what to write about. And, and then I realized that when I was living in, in Spain, I was keeping a diary to myself and I was writing down, not sort of like, hey, I do a diary today, I did this. I would just keep <laughs> writing sentences, sentences of how I was feeling and what I was going through that day and this, this, this and this. Because I was so upset, I, I found and read online that they said, if you take notes of how you're feeling, you kind of, it helps you and sort of thing. And I started doing that. And um, I, uh, I realized, holy shit, like I've got lyrics. I've got this diary full of these lines and sentences. And I turned those sentences into the songs, basically. So the guys in the band had written the music already and they kind of sent me the music and I kind of fit, I put together like a puzzle, the kind of all these sentences into the song basically. 
Um, and I still today have in that notebook, I took a photo of it and um, I think I put it on my Twitter like a couple of years ago. And in, in the notebook, it says, I am nothing to no one. And that uh, is the, yes. the lyric from failure. Yes, it is. <clears throat> and uh so yeah it all kind of just pieced together and then we went and just kind of yeah it all fell apart very beautifully <laughs> so i mean what was it fell like? together sorry not fell apart what was it like when the reception to that ep went off because i mean i'm i'm looking at it from australia so we don't see mm. all the press that the uk yeah. has in europe but you guys quite quickly became a bit of a name <laughs> over that ep so what was it like inside the band at the time well, like you were saying earlier with like the pressure and stuff, I was kind of, um, I, 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 sorry, I keep missing out parts before we no, actually fine. recorded, I, I, we wrote the EP and then before we actually began like, recording it and stuff, I actually went to go to a vocal coach, mm. um, in, in London and she was amazing. She, she, I will never forget her and I, I kind of I remember I was very because I, I'm I would say that I'm a bit of a reserved person up front like mm -hmm. face to face. Um, if I don't really know that person, I'm I've, I'm a bit quiet and I'm not really you know hey how's it going sort of thing. Mm. Um, I have to really warm to someone before I kind of come out of my shell properly. Um, and uh, I remember I went to this vocal coach and she sat me down in her studio and. She sat down and she was. She had just got back from coaching Pharrell Williams, <laughs> and I, I, I was like, "Holy shit! Like this is crazy!" And she, she sat me down and you know she was telling me about all these people she coached, like Robbie Williams, and she'd done stuff with Fred Durst before and things like this. And I was just in my head, like, "Oh my god, I'm just this kid from this little town in Yorkshire. What are you? Why are you like sat here with me, sort of thing?" Um, and she would just sit me down and we would be like doing this lesson and all these scales and stuff. And then she'd just stop and she'd be like, take a seat. And she'd sit me down and be like, have you ever had your heart broken? And I'd be like, uh, yeah. And she'd be like, well, tell me about it. And we'd just like talk about it. And then that would lead to, you know, like talking about it is kind of like it would, she, she would some, somehow connect it to singing. And I kind of took a lot of influence from that and kind of took it on board with our, like, lyric writing. Um, and then during that period I was seeing the vocalist, I kind of met the Blood Youth team. And, um, you know, the, ma the manager we had at the time and then the agent we have, the agent that took us on board, the booking agent, he's still our agent now. And I met him, at, um, I went to go see Neck Deep uh, with the management and stuff like that and our our agent was there and he he didn't know me he that was the first time he ever met me and he said look he kind of looked me and he said looked at me and he said this ep has to be good oh and i was like oh and i hadn't recorded it yet <laughs> so i was like um, i was like I'll, I'll try you know sort of thing and then yeah then we went on to record it and yeah the to go on to your question, to go on to your question, um, people were kind of. I, I I don't think people were releasing anything like that at that time. You know, we we were we were always when that EP was released, people called us British Beartooth. Oh. Um, 
which to me isn't uh, an insult. It's a it's a compliment, if anything, yeah. because that yeah. band is fucking awesome. Um, and all of a sudden, three months later, we were offered a slot at Download Festival, and we ha- we had only one song out, and that was just audio. Um, so we played Download Festival after only being a band for three months. Jesus. Uh, that- and it was just crazy. And you want to talk about nerves playing and walking out into Download Festival. I was like, fucking hell. Like six months ago, I was in an office in Barcelona. And now I'm playing Download Festival. Um, so <laughs> How did that set like, go? Was it a good set? That was, Well, nobody knew who we were. Like everyone was like, who the hell is this band? And, but the whole tent was full. And that's why we kind of, I will always have love for Download Festival and the people that organize Download Festival because we had no right being on that stage. Like, we had only played, like, two shows. Like, it was crazy. And, like, then we're on stage at Download Festival. And the whole tent was full because people were just curious to see who this band was. And it was... And we still, to this day, have people coming up to us being like, I was at that Download Festival show where, like, nobody knew who you were. And now they're, like, you know, lifelong fan, fans of the band. Now, that's, um, that's, that's and, kind of being thrown in the deep end. Like, you know, not only yeah, are you expected yeah. to release a good EP, but then suddenly they're like, oh, you know, we're just going to throw you on download. You know, crash or burn, mm. do what you do, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, and it, yeah. Yeah, go. Sorry, yeah, I was going to say, and, and it, yeah, like you're saying, it was just one of those things where you, like, prove yourself sort of thing you know you you wanted to do this it was it was very much an eight mile m&m moment (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you then kind of what what happened then did you guys start playing a lot of shows because it was there wasn't much time between the first ep and the second ep they were about a year apart Mm. so did you guys start touring frequently in the uk in that year yeah, straight after that, we played. It just kind of snowballed after that, and and we kind of just really took off as a band. And, and I say took off as in like from going from playing no shows to we went on straight after download. We went to our first run in Europe as Blood Youth, and we were opening for Architects, and like that was like crazy, obviously. Um, so we went and did a few shows with our architects in Europe and we were all just there like, holy shit, that's architects. Like we, we were like fans we still are. Um, and then after straight after we came back from that, we did a, a UK tour with Beartooth and just all of the kind of support slots were just kind of coming in and it was just off of inside my head. And all of a sudden people were like, we want new music. Um, and inside my head came out mid 2015 and we went into the studio to record closure at the end of 2015. And then because people, there was just like, luckily there was a demand for our music and people wanted it. Um, and then that's when we had, um, you know, a couple lineup changes in the band. Uh, Sam, who, Sam Bowden, who was the guitarist at the time, because we were a five-piece. Mm. Um, and Sam, Sam Bowden at the time got just. Uh, it was just before we did the tour with Beartooth, got the offer to be in Neck Deep. Mm. And you know, we, we we as a band couldn't stand there and be like, "You're not gonna join Neck Deep." 
like we we were just like dude you know we're such a new band who knows what's going to happen with blood youth you've got this incredible offer to go join an amazing band go and do it um so he did that and then we were kind of umming and ahhing about should we be a five piece should we get another guitarist and then we kind of you know we looked at bands like straight from the past and we were like they can do stuff like that you know they still sound amazing live um why don't we give it a shot as a four piece so we did the Beartooth tour as a four piece uh for the first time and then it just worked and we loved it um and yeah then we went as a four piece to record closure now how <clears throat> oh pardon me how um closure then the momentum kept going like that's something that i think's really admirable to see with how blood youth has gone is you guys keep the the momentum keeps rolling and building and building because closure comes out and then bang you're 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 gone up again to another level and mm. Do you feel at this time that there were signs of success? There were signs of a career carved out in this band? I think when we, when I first heard Closure, the song, mm-hmm. uh, and then I saw people's reaction to it, I thought, yeah, this is going to, this could do something here. Like, I, I, I remember hearing the song and being like, oh, this is, this is some good stuff. Like, and then after after closure was re- closure was then released and people it kind of had because closure is a little is, is different to inside my head because inside my head is such an angry ep mm. it's just full-on non-stop just being punched in the face we were kind of with closure we were like okay like why don't we try something a little different why don't we try because we loved you know as much as we love heavy stuff we love the melodic stuff as well we've always been that type of band um and that's why closure starts with pretty much an acoustic song mm, right. uh, you know it's just it's just uh, it's called breathe you know it's just like uh, almost like an interlude um and we we were kind of experimenting still with closure because it's a very melodic ep um i know 24 7 is quite a heavy song but there's a lot more i would say singing in that ep than anything else mm. um and then, yeah, I guess when, when that EP dropped, I was like, Dude, we were kind of looking at each other like, people are into this. People really like this. Um, and then on the Closure EP, that's when, like, we, um, we went on to do shows with, you know, Every Time I Die. And obviously, back going back to my history with that band, I just kind of lost it there. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, that was... That was the first time I'd ever, and I know that band. Every time I die, they they don't like that sort of fanboy shit, you know, where you're like gushing over the band. But when when you're in front of your heroes, I was like, holy shit, like this is getting serious now. <laughs> and and that, that you know that was that was only a few shows. That wasn't like a full tour. But still, that was like you know crazy for us. One one thing I've got to ask about the the next transition into the debut album was. I mean, it was, it's a subtle change, but it was a little change. You know, things like on the EPs, you had the animals, you know, fighting and going mm. at it, and you had the very graffiti logo. Mm. And then on Beyond Repair, the debut album, you kind of, you guys, it kind of, the music wasn't simplified, but the artwork and the imagery felt a bit more toned down. Was that intentional yeah. or was that just how it went? 
we kind of, you know, I still to this day uh, still love, I love the Inside My Head and the Closure artwork. I really like the Beyond Repair artwork as well. But mm. with the Inside My Head and Closure artwork, we didn't want it to become a gimmick. Uh, we didn't yeah. want it to become, you know, you know, we did have that conversation where we were like, hey, how about for Beyond Repair? It's humans fighting each other mm. in that sort of style. But then we were like, it's becoming, it's turning into this sort of almost a joke. Mm. Not a joke, but do you know what I mean? We didn't want people to be like, hey, you know, I wonder what the next album's going to be fighting over. Yeah. Um, I just didn't want it. I didn't want to tarnish anything from those two EPs because those two EPs did so much for us. I didn't want it to become, um, you know how the band Anvil, have you yes. heard of the band Anvil? They had yeah. that film out. And like every single one of their covers has an anvil on it. Yeah, you wouldn't want to be, <laughs> you know? yeah, nah. I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't want it to become this thing. And, you know, it wasn't just my decision. It was all of us. We were like, let's try something new here. Let's try a different artist. And the, I got a shout out, you know, inside my head and closure artwork was done by uh, an incredible Canadian artist called Jake Caruthers. Um, and he just kills it. And he that all that was hand drawn by him, that artwork. It's, it's amazing. Um, and uh, so yeah we, we kind of just we, we, we wanted to try something different and try something a little darker and you know going in that sort of darker direction um, I won't get ahead of myself but led us to where we are now but um, yeah I guess we kind of tone it down a bit um, and just we just wanted to try something completely different and that album Beyond Repair you also suddenly um went to a three-piece now yeah was that through uh choice or was your hand kind of forced into that position um it was kind of it was max who was on bass during inside of my head closure era of blood use we did a tour with uh towards the end of the closure cycle we did a, a really, really long European tour with While She Sleeps. And I think towards the end of that, um, Max, who was on bass, he kind of, because the touring was becoming a lot more frequent and we were away for a lot longer around that time, um, Max just kind of decided, you know, I don't think this is what I want to do with my life anymore mm. because it's becoming a lot more frequent and we're away a lot more longer. Um you know, it's just life. He just kind of took a decision that I, I don't want to do this. And we were just kind of like, okay, that's, that's fair enough. Um, and then myself, Chris and Sam were kind of thinking, do we want to get a, a new member in straight away? But what if that member kind of joins and then decides to leave straight away? Cause he realizes that we're going to be away a, you know a while and it's kind of like breaking up with someone and you, you're deciding whether to get into another relationship or not mm. um, we, we, we we just didn't want to have this kind of revolving door of members because i hate it when bands do that um we, so we decided you know what fuck it let's just do the beyond repair cycle as a three-piece as in like you know do the promos as a three-piece and do the artwork as a three-piece and etc etc um and we went into the studio. I, I would say that Beyond Repair, when we were writing that, we were, each member was going through kind of their own shit. Mm. Um, I was kind of in this 
uh, weird sort of self-destruct mode um, where I, I wasn't sure, you know, if I was happy or not, if I was doing this or not, or blah, blah, blah. And I, I just kind of was always out partying all the time. So, yeah, it was a really kind of rocky era at the start of before we started recording Beyond Repair. I think you can, and you were, you were kind of slightly touching on that with, you know, kind of the dark the dark period in the band and you can feel that on the album and that's not in a negative way that's it's um no yeah it's a very dark toned album um and it's kind of exciting because yeah. i think the sound yeah, the kind of the sound changed a bit from the two eps it's gone in a another mm. direction um was it very cathartic getting that all out on that album yeah very much so i i kind of when we were when we were writing going back to like when we were writing it i i was i was just in this spiral of didn't really know where i it's kind of hard to put into words i couldn't find the point where i was happy you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. okay today i'm perfectly content doing nothing like like we'd come back from tour and i'd be like sitting around and um be like okay what shall i do now and then i would just constantly find myself partying and out and waking up on people's floors and staying out till 6 a.m and all this stuff sometimes just on my own because i was just like didn't know what to do with myself um and then uh you know especially if you read into the lyrics of parasite that that is very much about kind of that self-destruct mode i found mm -hmm. myself in um same with making waves um and a couple of you know the, the last song on the album is called man made disaster it's all very much about self you know imploding that album um and then amazing not amazingly but very coincidentally when the day we started recording beyond repair chris you know had a really like he started going through a lot of shit and he was kind of in a really dark place during the recording of that album. Um, and it's almost like the stuff I had written about, Chris was pretty much going through in his head as well. So it was really crazy how that all kind of, you know, happened. And there was a point when we were recording it where we were like, holy shit, like we're all going through so much right now. Um, is this going to kind of, you know, how, how are we going to get this album together? Um, and then, you know, it, like we always do with this band, you just persevere and we just, you know, go ahead with it. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's why it's a lot darker than the other, than the EPs. And how was it received in the UK compared to the EPs? Was it as warmly received as the EPs? I think, oh uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I, people were really into it and I'm, I'm still, people are still into it and, you it's know, it's an we get really album. nice really nice messages about it so I, i'm really glad people liked it and i'm, I'm I, I love that album i always have love for that album because it's our first album you know it's our first proper like big boy step into the music world now with with an album like that and with like your eps um i find your lyrics really um interesting and they're really um engaging with all the different topics that you write about and scream about um, do you find that um, it's been easy for you to do or is it always a bit of a challenge for you to kind of, in a way, bear your soul um, on a song? 
Yeah, it's, you know, I've always, without it sounding cheesy, yeah, it's always been very cathartic for me being in this band. Mm. Um, I think I'd probably be in a mental institution if I wasn't in this band because um, I'm very much one for, I can, I I tend to bottle up a lot of things and um, the shows, it's all 100% real. That's all 100%. You know, I've always taken a lot of inspiration from Henry Rollins, because I, I would watch constantly watch videos of him on stage and you watch him on stage and you're like, okay, that is like, that's, that's a, it's a real thing going on there. Um, and that's always something I've wanted to do. And I, I've always wanted to write about real things. Mm. I've always wanted to write about real emotion and use real words and almost make people feel a little bit uneasy and uncomfortable and question themselves. And, when people hear like a blood youth lyric, I like the idea of people going, holy shit, like maybe I feel like that too. Yeah. And I think, I think people can tell that. I think that's why it's so engaging is because people can connect with one song in so many ways. I think one song, I might think it means something, but then my friend next to me might think it's about something else. Is that something yeah. that you've tried to do or is it just that's happened? Yeah. Know? Very, very much so. We've, you know, we've always we've always written songs like that and whenever i because the thing is with me is i don't write in like verse chorus verse chorus verse chorus mm. i'll just write pages and pages and pages of words and um i've always written like that and that comes from that stems from that diary mode that diary thing mm. that i did first you know that where i wasn't even writing lyrics um i've always written sentences and sentences of things and it's just sentences from my head. Sorry to, you know, pardon the pun inside my head. But I've, I've always kind of um, taken what I've thought and written it down in a sentence and we've just turned it into a song, basically. Um, but yeah, sure, I've heard that many times where someone comes up to me and they go, is that song about this? And I'll be like, no, but it can be if you want it to be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I, I'm really glad that our music still does that for people. Now, speaking of music, got to talk about the new single that came out recently, um, Starve. Mm. Now, yeah. fuck, you guys are just, <laughs> wow. I mean, clearly, I just, I don't know what the word to say is just wow, because I think Thank you, man. the expectation and the excitement was, okay, you know, you guys were teasing a little bit. There was the symbol going on and, you know, a bit of dark imagery. Yeah. And then it dropped, um, and wow! I mean, you guys seem—you seem more pissed off, if that's possible. <laughs> yeah, the, the, writing this. Um, well, thank you, first of all, because that like means so much to us. Because we were all—if you think that Beyond Repair was dark, you haven't heard anything yet. Fuck like yes. we have gone into so Beyond Repair compared to this album the what we just recorded um is like a care bear movie <laughs> yes and this this album is evil dead you know what i mean but. it's like we we kind of the record the writing and recording of this newest album was probably the most like difficult not in the fact that we you know can't write songs it's the fact that we went to the edge on this album um 
and we we kind of I personally went through a lot of physical pain um this is like kind of like the first time I've ever really talked about it is that uh, you know we did a at the start of 2018 we did you know we we toured so much at the end of 2017 um we we went from a tour with Bless the Fall and then we straight away went and did um all over Europe with Neck Deep um and then straight after that we went and did uh, a run with Prophets of Rage which was amazing you know we played arenas with an arena with Prophets of Rage that was fucking crazy um and then straight after that we were on tour over Christmas with Barry Tomorrow mm. um so we were on the road over Christmas and like um uh, we went we had our Christmas dinner we had uh you know, instant noodles in a service station in Munich. That was our Christmas dinner. Uh, So we were just, we were burning, you know, the candle literally at both ends. We were going hard. And then straight after the Christmas tour, we went on tour. Uh, We had like, uh, I guess, a little bit off. And then we went on tour with While She Sleeps over the UK. And I found myself, every relationship I had, be it with you know, a personal relationship with someone or my friendships, they were almost like dissolving. Um, and I, I, I found myself in this, as soon as we came back from the While She Sleeps tour, and then, you know, our team was like, look, we gotta, we got to record a new album soon. Um, we were all terrified, pretty much. Uh, we, we were all like, holy shit, like, you know, Beyond Repair did well, and but we wanted to, we just continuously want to do better and better and better. Mm. Um, and I, I, I found myself in this really dark place, and I found myself in a really lonely place. And I came back and I, I fucked up so badly with just like, you know, somebody, you know, I was seeing and this and this, and I, I, I didn't know where I was in my head at all. You know, one day I would, I would wake up, and I'd be this guy. One day I'd wake up and I'd be this guy. And all of this stress actually led me to getting a really bad stomach ulcer. And I had this like terrible stomach ulcer and I was in so much pain every single morning to the point where I was literally like coughing up blood. And I I, I was like, and this is all just from, just for my own stress I've put on myself. And I, I didn't, I couldn't write any lyrics because i was just in this whirlwind of just depression and darkness it was so crazy um and yeah man that's that's when i guess that was in february and into march and then in the mid mid march was when i picked up my pen and paper and started writing again wow fuck yeah (laughs) crazy wow you can just you i can just imagine the kind of stuff you've been able to get into these mm. songs it's going to be i mean shit you're saying this is yeah. darker than um beyond repair fuck like wow yeah and you know and it's it's not just me and again it's like every member because you know everyone has their own journey in a band and um i i wanted to stop lyrically i wanted to stop writing about you know i wanted to stop crying over ex-girlfriends and i actually wanted to start writing about human emotion and human you know physical pain and emotional pain because that's literally what i was 
feeling and i i was you know in all the i was going to see doctors and i was going you know being you know going through all this stuff and it wasn't just emotional pain i was going through i was literally like i wasn't eating for like three days um and it was pretty crazy man and and i just had so much material obviously um and then when it came to putting the songs together we we myself and chris and sam and i haven't mentioned matt at all at this point matt our bass player now he he matt did our matt matt joined the band basically at the beyond repair cycle when that first started um but we call him big les that's just his nickname <laughs> in the band <laughs> um for no reason at all um and he he really joined the band at the end of the beyond repair cycle um so we found ourselves as a four piece basically again which and it just felt so so nice you know to have those images again as a four piece it looked complete uh, so obviously at this stage now when we're writing matt is involved as well and we all kind of just said to each other look um we've, we've all gone through shit and we've all uh let's just make people feel a little bit uncomfortable on this next record Ooh. Yes, I like that yeah. approach. I love that approach. And mm. you obviously probably can't give anything away, but will it be this year or is it going to be next year that we're going to get this album? Um, I, I, I really don't know yet. I, I don't really know what I can say yet. I don't want to say something and we'll then, just, you know, we'll just say be, coming be misleading. We'll say coming but you know, you know how it goes. Yeah. We've just released a new song. You know that there's new stuff on the way. Ooh. Now, speaking, um, speaking of new stuff and on the way, I had a really <coughs> interesting question because I don't know if you guys have been approached about anything. Would Has anyone asked you if you're going to come to Australia or not? We get asked all the time to come to Australia. But, it, you know, we, we kind of... Um, it has to be the right offer for our band and it has to be, like, the right moment for us as a band. We really, really want to come to Australia, but we'd have to be given the right offer um do you know what i mean because you know it's it's we have to we're coming from the uk and stuff mm. like that and it just kind of has to make sense for us as a band um to do it i would i would love to you know do that and we really want to do that because honestly we get so many messages from people in australia and they're like come and come here come here you know um well we yeah do, we would love to we do have download here we, now so Maybe someone, Who knows, you know, if, maybe if, if we get the right offer, then, mm. yeah, if we get the right offer, then that would be, that would be awesome, you know, that would be especially with perfect. new, new stuff on the way. Well, I'll keep my and, fingers uh, crossed for it. Yeah. And it, sorry to go, to go back to that kind of dark <laughs> element. I've got a really cool story about when we, cause we recorded the album in, um, uh, I think it was in June we recorded it. I've, I've lost track of all sort of time now, but I think, <laughs> I think it was in in June we recorded it, and we literally recorded the album um, in the middle of a farm in the south, uh, in like the south of England. No, oh. um, and there was you know the closest shop for food and stuff uh, was like a three-hour walk away. <laughs> Um, and we were in complete just isolation and we were, we recorded it in like three weeks and we were j just in there with ourselves 
and our produce like our, the guy that produced the album is a guy called Robin Adams and he's like I've known him since I was about 16 years old um, and he is he I recorded the vocals of Beyond Repair with him um, and we always said that you know the next album let's let's do it with Robin let's let's get him involved um, because we trust him. He has done every single Blood Youth demo pretty much since the start. We, we've always demoed with him. Um, I've always called him the silent member of Blood Youth, you know, the fifth member that no one, you know, that's just kind of behind the desk. Mm. Um, if you look hard enough at a Blood Youth show, you're going to see Robin, like, side stage. He's always there. <laughs> He's always been present. Um, so, he, you know, he was in that studio with us as well. And on the theme of making people uncomfortable, we only watched horror films in the studio. We didn't watch Ooh. anything else. What were you watching? So we we watched all like the all the Insidious movies. We watched like all the you know the Conjuring movies. We watched Evil Dead movies. We we only watched horror films, and we were just in this like in the middle of the farm, and we found ourselves genuinely freaked out. <laughs> by by the time you get to the the third week, you're genuinely like like oh what's that shadow over there. Um, and honestly, you can hear it all on this album. Like I said, if you thought Beyond Repair was dark, just wait for this next one. <laughs> oh, it's getting me so excited. Um, I can't wait. I really can't wait. I love, I love stuff. So if that's just a teaser of what's ahead, oh, big things ahead. Um, one last question before kind of, you know, wrap things up is being, being a band in... Um, the industry and how it is nowadays. Um, do you see the industry as a, at a really exciting stage, or do you see it as it's very um, difficult and a tightrope? Because nowadays everyone has to stay relevant; they have to stay in everyone's attention span, and you kind of always got to be working. There's never, you know, you can't take four years between albums. So, where do no, you see the yeah. music industry nowadays? It's a it's a weird one, really, because it it always just seems like it's revolving. I know music is always coming going around in cycles, and there's always seems to be like a sort of fad, or there always seems to be some sort of bandwagon to jump on. And one thing that I'm very proud of us as musicians and us as a band is we've never jumped on a bandwagon. Mm. Uh, we've always done and played music that we've wanted to play, and we've always written songs that we've wanted to. Play play and release and things like that um so yeah i guess there's a lot of bands that kind of jump on bandwagons and they're kind of waiting for the the carousel do you know what i mean of whatever's yeah. in at the moment um so i guess yeah the music industry i would say yeah i agree you have to constantly be putting out music you have to constantly be putting out stuff because we live in the age of instant gratification instant I want this now and I'm going to download it now and listen to it now. And I, I want new music now. Um, you got to stay on your toes. You can't, you know, unfortunately, unless you're a band like tool, you can't wait 10 years or whatever to release <laughs> your next album. It's been 15 actually. <laughs> oh, 15 years. Or whatever, you know what I mean? You have to constantly be putting out new music. Otherwise uh, the sorry situation is people are going to forget about you. Yeah, yeah, it's challenging, and you guys seem to do it really well. I think that's one thing you guys have always Thank done. You. Um, you always, 
you know, but you're not just giving out something that is not got the same energy and passion behind it. Some bands can stay relevant, but the music doesn't have any substance and something you guys are able to do is still have that purpose with everything yeah. you've done. Yeah, and I think we've always felt that, you know, honestly, like the, the, we've gone in such a different approach with this album. We said, we said before, we could have written Beyond Repair 10 times over and just put out the same kind of music over and over again. But what's the point of calling yourself a musician or an artist if you're not going to challenge yourself? And yeah. like, we hope that people can respect that as well and people can understand that. I'm not saying that we've written, you know, an album of indie rock songs or anything like that. <laughs> Trust me, it's not like that at all. But there's definitely some songs on this album that you're like, oh, I, I this doesn't really sound like a sort of, quote classic blood youth song that's good though that's great you got to keep people yeah. on their toes keep things interesting otherwise exactly. it just gets stale. exactly it's just, it's, yeah. exactly um now the last segment i do brother is it's called pick your poison so what we do is i give sure. you i give you two options and whichever yeah. option you pick imagine that's the one you have for the rest of your life some are easy okay. some are hard okay so we okay. start off pizza or burger. Pizza. <laughs> I had to think about that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they some 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 sound easy, but they're really not. Chicken or beef? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm I'm vegan, so I would Ooh, say uh, yeah. um, vegan chicken. <laughs> okay. Um, this one can still count, you know, but with vegan ingredients, bap or butty. Mm. Uh, butty. Okay. <laughs> Cooking or dining out? Dining out. I kind of, I've kind of lost, like I've, I've lost my passion for cooking now. I kind of just prefer just going to get like just a pizza or something. It's so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's way easier. Cinema or couch? Uh, cinema probably because it's a way more like experience. Like because if I'm on the if I'm on the couch I'm on my phone and I'm like looking at Instagram and I've oh what what happened in that scene and this and this and this yeah you don't actually watch that much of it on the couch but in the cinema you just like you have to watch it and I'm I'm into that I kind of like that uh, beach or snow now you live in England so it's a bit of an interesting question you know what we just had like a crazy heat wave in the uk like it was it was crazy hot like recently um we were we were dying in this if you didn't if we were you know we, were, we thought we were dying emotionally in the studio <laughs> we were dying because we were also burning up um uh I, I, you know i'm gonna stick to my my roots and say snow <laughs> okay okay cat or dog Dog. Don't oh. even get me started with cats. Nice. Dog. 100%. Nice. Okay, sure. now we get into a bit of a yeah. movie ones. Freddy or Jason? Uh, Freddy because he's a lot more psychological. Ooh. I kind of like that. Yeah, good answer. You know, he's in your, he's in, he's in your head. He's in your dreams. I kind of like that. Uh, Terminator or Predator? Hmm. Probably uh, Predator, probably. Okay. I've always felt Terminator is a bit of a cop out. Ooh. I've always thought. 
uh, Predator is a lot more kind of alieny and kind of skills, and mm -hmm. it, but Terminator is like, uh, you know, I'm a machine, you can't kill me, sort of. That's a really, <laughs> that's a really good answer. I like that. That's the most intriguing one. Because, I've you know, with Predator, he bleeds, and that's a lot more relatable. But yeah. With, you know, Terminator is just a machine. Yeah, and the only way you can kill it is by melting it. Kind of thing. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. All right, here's an interesting one. Um, I recently put this in. It's MacGyver or Walker, Texas Ranger. Um, it's a weird one. I haven't actually... Yeah, I have, I've never really watched either, but Walker, Texas Ranger was Chuck Norris, wasn't he? Yep. Was it, was it Chuck? I'm going to go... I'm going to stick with Chuck. Yeah, you got to <laughs> stick with Chuck. you got to stick with Chuck. Um, yeah. Slayer or Pantera? Slayer. Okay. I'm always going to go for Slayer. Sabbath or Van Halen? Sabbath. Nice. Um, I'm not really. I'm not. I've never really been into this sort of uh, glam thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I've never really been into that sort of thing. I, I've a, I like a more of a, a darker approach on things. Um, now this one I got to ask because you know you live in England, but football or rugby? Football, hundred percent. And who do you and who do you, and who do you follow? Manchester United. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh. I'm gonna get a lot of hate for that. No, that's okay. I'm a Tottenham fan, so I'm, I'm not much. But better. the thing is, uh, well, you just beat us three 0 yeah. so it was a good win. It's it was fine. a good win. <laughs> we're yeah, we're we're not doing well at the moment, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, mosh pit or up the back watching? Oh, I've retired from mosh pit now. It's <laughs> it's uh, it's up at, at the back watching. I. I uh, Chris, our guitarist, says it best. He says, we conduct the mosh pits now. Ooh, <laughs> good answer. Um, you know, we've got our badges because when we were growing up, we were in the circle pits and the mosh pits. We've, we've done it. <laughs> uh, touring or recording? Touring. I hate recording. <laughs> and last one. I hate recording. Last one now. This was the only triple one we've got here, and it's the last one. CD, vinyl, or download? Oh, um, it's good. Well, I only listen to music through streaming now, like legally streaming mm. now. But I, I, you know, if I had to choose, I've always been like fascinated by vinyl. I, li I like the idea of holding it in your hands. That, that sounds very crazy. That sounds a bit rude, <laughs> but I like holding it. I like holding the vinyl and like having it physically, like holding physical music. But you know what, like. Um, I've realized that CDs are really cool as well. You know, that passion of um, going into a, a store and buying a CD when it first came out, that doesn't really happen anymore. No, and it's a dying art, um, unfortunately. You know, the mm. last time I truly experienced that excitement of going into a store and buying a CD and only having it through the CD to listen to was when Gallows released Grey Britain. Oh, what an album. Yes. <clears throat> what like an incredible album that that album opened so many doors for me just as a as a person and if i ever face to face met frank carter i would you know and the rest of the band i would be like thank you for that album yeah. because i remember going into hmv in the uk and and buying it and putting it in my my first car and just i just melted that cd with how much i listened to it <laughs> that's a great answer dude um Thank you so much, dude. This has been 
so much fun. I really, really appreciate oh, thank you, you. Um, not only taking time out for me because I know you're really busy, but also just being so open and honest and having a great chat. No, thanks, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So that was my chat with Kaya of Blood Youth. Thank you so much, dude. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. Such an open, candid, awesome chat. Thank you so much for taking time out for the Mosh Zone. Really, really, really appreciate it. Of course, guys, Blood Youth are a band that, if you don't know, they have an album and two EPs online for you to delve into. I really recommend that if you haven't yet discovered them, give them a go. Get into this band before they blow up with this future release that is on the horizon. Thank you again to Kaya for taking time out for the Mosh Zone. So that is it for the Mosh Zone episode 39. We're done, we're dusted, we're in the can, we're all wrapped up, done for this week. So if you're a first-time listener, thank you for taking time out for the Mosh Zone. Thank you, and hopefully you come back for future episodes over future weeks. If you're a regular listener, much love. Shout out to you for always tuning in. Thank you for coming back for another episode. Now, guys, this is the time of the show and the time of the week where I need to say, if you've got some time, help us spread the word about the Mosh Zone. Tell your friends. Tell your family, tell anyone that's into heavy music about the Mosh Zone. Also, if you liked this episode and you really enjoyed it and you think someone out there would like it as well, help us out with a share on your social medias. Also, if you're on iTunes listening to this, help us out with a rating and review. All your help and all of your assistance is vital and essential to helping this show grow. Without you, we can't get anywhere. So if you're helping us out with those things, thank you as always. So also I need to say, don't forget, subscribe to the website. The website is www.themoshzone.com. I also need to say, don't forget to like and follow us on social media. All of those are at The Mosh Zone. And also if you want to get in touch and ask us something or if you want to get in touch and tell us something, you can also through the email address, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. So that's it. Enough of my rambling for this week. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the press.